Greetings, loved ones. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be doing as much as we can on the Faith to Faith. I, uh, I've been working. Usually the weekends is the most days that I got to do barbecues and outside things. And Anyway, there are no excuses. <laughs> Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be doing from March 31st all the way to April the 4th on our Bible College curriculum. So please listen up. It'll be 1112. It'll be quick. So please pick up your hearing ears. Let's go ahead and take one communion for these next five days that I'll be reading, five sessions right now. From March 1st to April the 4th, I'll be reading the Faith to Faith. So let's go ahead and now open it up with a with the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll take communion for today's service, and we'll get right into our Bible College curriculum. Thank you for being so kind, so be effective and loving, and giving me the benefit of the doubt, and I know that you get backed up on your days too, so this is Tuesday, so let's get on with it, and get on with our studies, and get into the Word of God. Our Father... Who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go ahead and take communion. Lord, we thank you, Father. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, on the tree for us, Lord. We do this in remembrance that, Father, that that was the sacrifice. That was the arrangement, Lord, that we are to work to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe in the Holy Scriptures, to believe in Isaiah, to believe that by his stripes were healed, to believe that he was the Lamb of God from the foundations of the earth, that would die for the sins of the world. And that includes me and you and all of us. Father, we just thank you that you did this for us, Lord. From the foundations of the earth, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And we say, yes, 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 Lord, we receive it. Yes, Lord, we accept the sacrifice. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Jesus Christ, for taking all that pain, for, for, for dying in the cross for us, Lord. Jesus, thank you for all the stripes in your back. Thank you for all the hurts they put on you, Jesus. And they, thank you for giving up the ghost, Jesus. Thank you for going through with it, fulfilling all scripture. Yeah, down to the vinegar, to the wine vinegar that you drank, Jesus. Thank you for giving up, Lord Jesus, for us. And Lord, we do this in remembrance of you, Jesus. We do this in remembrance of you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take the bread that was broken for us that represents Jesus Christ. Let's take in the love of the Father, which is through the bread of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our actions imply we believe. Our actions release faith. Take a deep breath and say, I believe I receive 
the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I receive. I believe I receive in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and take of the blood. Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you for the wonderful blood, the wonderful water that you were baptized in and the blood. And Lord, we just thank you that through the blood we're healed. By your stripes we're healed. Lord Jesus Christ, by your stripes we are healed. By your stripes we're made whole. By your stripes, Jesus Christ. We're, we're joyful. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for making our souls to prosper. Thank you for touching our souls and making them healthy through this process, Jesus. Thank you for touching our souls and giving us prosperity, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you give us joy, you give us happiness through this. So we thank you. Thank you for the joy that you have stored up for us. For Jesus said, cheer up, I have overcome the world. And Jesus, he said, I give you my peace. This peace I have, I give it to you. No one can take it to you. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for this peace that you died on the cross and you shed your blood for us. Let's go ahead and take of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning will we seek his love. Amen. That's what we're doing, folks. We're seeking more of the love of Jesus. For the Father has sent his Son. The Father of life has sent his representative, his Son, life. And Jesus told us, I have come to give you abundant life. And we say, yes, 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 to that abundant life. Yes, Lord, yes. Get out there and scream it. Yes, 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 Lord Jesus, yes. Thy way be done, Lord Jesus. Amen. Some of you have to scream it out, get it into your souls, get into the atmosphere so your soul can accept it, so your your skin will allow it in. No, your skin is afraid. It's afraid of the of what may come into into you. But you act by faith. You feel it. You go with your gut feeling that the love of God is available, and your and our flesh is the lazy one that wants to drag on. We say yes, yes, yes to the future. Yes, yes, yes to the Word of God. Yes, yes to the love that's pouring out from the Father unto us. Yes, this day we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. This day we receive the blessings of God. His his loving kindness is new every morning. And his grace is poured out to us new. We receive it today for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're fired up about this thing, our salvation. We are serious about the the love of the Father sent to us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Word of God. Here we go. This is from March 31st. From sons to servants from Kenny Copeland. Acts 2, verses 18 and 19 say, And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heavens and in signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. 
You and I are living in the most exciting days this earth has ever seen. All around us, God is pouring out His Spirit in preparation for the end-time revival that will bring this whole age to a glorious close. Some of God's children are just standing by as spectators, watching Him work. Others, however, have come a vital part of it all. They volunteer for service in this great end-time army. They become what the Bible calls the servants and handmaids of God. Who are those servants and handmaids? They are those who have committed themselves totally to their Lord. There are those who, instead of being content, content simply to be born again, children of God, have gone even further, stepping into servanthood out of love for the Father. The servants and handmaids of God are those who have said, I want to be involved in what God is doing in this hour. I want to be his bond slave available to do his bidding 24 hours a day. Woohoo! Hallelujah! Praise God! Lift my hands, say yes, 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 Lord. Thy word reigns, Lord. Those who make that powerful decision are experiencing the great outpouring of God's Spirit that Peter spoke of in Acts 2. They are the ones whose Spirit-inspired words of prophecy and prayer are releasing the power of God upon the earth. They are the ones whose words are opening up the way for the signs and wonders. Do you want to be among them? You can be. God wants you to be. In fact, He needs you to be. He needs those who will cut every cord that binds them to this natural world. He needs people He can call on in the middle of the night for intercession. People who will get up and do it no matter how tired they may be. That's the quality and depth of dedication servanthood requires. It is a demanding role, but its rewards are rich. Those who are willing to fill the role will be God's mouthpiece here on the earth in these final days. They will be vehicles of His Spirit and of His mighty power. They will be key players in the Holy Spirit's greatest earthly production. Make a decision now to become one of them. Take the steps of faith into servanthood today. Scripture reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. So please uh, get your Bibles out and mark Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 21. If um, this has touched your soul and continue to read it. We're going to go ahead and read, move on to our next day, which is April 5th. And that's Let Your Life Shout from Kenny Copeland. Psalm 14.1 is the scripture. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that do it good. Most of us would never dream this verse could apply to us. After all, we're believers. We'll never say that, that there is no God. But maybe we sh- should think again. It's true that with our mouth, we would never say something like that. But don't we sometimes say it with our actions? We say it by sinning just a little here and there and thinking it won't matter. We'll go to an immoral movie or have a gossip session about the pastor, about our neighbors, about our brothers and sisters. 
ignoring God's command to the contrary. With our actions, we're saying there is no God. Psalms 14.1 connects that kind of thing to corruption. Whether you realize it or not, the more you act that way, the more corrupt you're going to become. Don't make the foolish mistake of publicly proclaiming Jesus as your Lord and then privately denying Him once, a little action at a time. Use wisdom in everything you do so that both your heart and your life will shout loudly, My God reigns! My God reigns! Yes, 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 say it with me. Yes, 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 my God reigns. Yes, yes, my God reigns. God Almighty. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead. That was that was really hitting us hard, huh, fellas? Family? Okay, April 2nd. Let's move on. What a Future by Kenny Copeland. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 said, God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Again, I love the book of Ephesians. God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus in the ages to come. Ephesians 2, 6 and 7. Chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. That's one of the reasons we say, yes, 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 we're prophesying. Yes, 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 to the love of God, to the grace of God. Come, Lord Jesus, come for his kindness to brighten and, and light up. Flame on that we light up for the world to see that we've been like Moses with the Father, our face shining, lighting, blazing. Have you ever had that? We can have it, and we will have it. <clears throat> One day we're going to wake up, and we're going to see the glow in our face because we have touched the heavens, and the heavens, and the Christ Jesus has touched us, and we're, we're, we have been touched. You know that song that people sing? He touched me, <clears throat> oh, he touched me, and he changed my very soul. Something happened, this I know. Amen. So the love of the Father is what we're seeking by studying. Our studying implies we want more of that love. More of that love. Okay, here goes Kenny Copeland. All my life, people told me the reason God saved us was so that when we go to glory, we could spend the rest of our eternity loving Him and worship Him. But you know, that's just not so. It sounds pretty good, but it's just something someone made up. God isn't selfish. He's just the opposite. He's the ultimate giver, the ultimate lover. He doesn't do anything just so he can get something in return. Why then did he save us? The Word of God tells us he did it so that in the ages to come, he could show us the exceeding riches of his grace. The exceeding riches of His grace. Think about that. God is going to spend eternity 
showing the riches of his grace to you and me. That's why he sent Jesus into the world. So he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave Jesus so that he wouldn't be his only son. He sent Jesus so he could have more sons to love and give to. And he plans to spend the eons of time doing just that. As a believer, you have the most glorious future ahead of you that anyone could ever ask. But don't wait until you get to glory to enjoy it. You can start right now. You've already been sealed. Amen. And additional reading is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Amen. Ephesians 2, 1 through 8. <clears throat> Amen. All right, let's go ahead and read that one since we're curious about it. Ephesians 2, 1 through 8. And that says, Dear friends, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus the Messiah. Excuse me, through, through. I'm in chapter 2, Fernando. There we go. And his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpse, <clears throat> dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, custom, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who filled the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Excuse me. The corruption that was in us from the birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ the Exalted One, And we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation. For it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. Amen and amen. It's not, it's not about us, folks. It's about God. It's not about our, our little respect we have for ourselves, which is good. But we cannot bring it into God. It doesn't work there. All we do is receive his love, receive his forgiveness, receive his grace. All we do is believe Believe, believe, believe. Amen. All right, moving right along. We're going to go to the to our next reading, which will be April the 3rd. Born again, Kenny Copeland. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, 
Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 3. Born again. Do you know what Jesus had in mind when he said these two words of to Nicodemus? He was talking covenant talk. He was telling Nicodemus what it meant to have a covenant with God. Let me paint the picture. I believe was in Jesus' mind. Imagine a baby, a little baby born of an unwed mother. No one knows who the daddy is and no one wants to know. He is a child no one wants. He doesn't belong to anyone. Now picture the best kind of family you can think of. A family that loves God. The man has a good job. They're blessed financially. They're givers and lovers of people. And they fall in love with this baby. Before long, they adopt it. What happened? That baby was reborn. He got a new set of parents. Through adoption, he has now become an heir. Why not? Because of anything the baby has done, those parents didn't say, I want you to look at that baby. I'm so impressed with all that a child has done for us. He has certainly earned our love and respect. No, it's a baby. It couldn't have done anything to earn its new life. This man and this woman agreed together out of the love in their hearts and bestowed grace on that child. Now he has access to everything they have. When they offer him in a a, a bottle, he doesn't knock the bottle away and say, I'm so humble and undeserving, just give me water. Of course not. The baby acts like part of the family. And not just part of the family, but the best part of the family. Because in Jesus' day, a covenant or adopted child has the same birthright as the firstborn son. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, You must be born again. He was talking about grace. He was talking about a new relationship of favor. A new family. A new authority. A new power. If you feel unworthy to receive the rich blessing God has for you today, think about that. Meditate on it. So instead of worrying about and struggling with the needs in your life, you can just walk boldly into the throne room of your Father and receive help to get those needs met. Discover what it really means to be a good, a blood-bought child of Almighty God. With a big brother like Jesus, discover what it means to be born again. And read John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 in many different translations. Write it down. Sit down there and write it over and over again till you believe it. Till you get it into your hard drive, your heart. Your heart's a heart. That's the problem. We are not taking the time to put, put the Word of God into our memory banks so we can quote it. And once we quote it, it's going to be planted as a seed. And once it's planted as a seed, we can easily go into the heavenlies of heaven with a lot of love and say, Father, I need groceries. Father, I need a, I need a full tank of gas. Father, I need a vacation. Father, he's your father. He loves you. You know, when my son was young, <clears throat> one of my sons, my second son, he would, had an imagination, was like wild. He said, Dad, you think for my birthday you can take me to go see the Golden Gate Bridge? And I'm here in Los Angeles, Golden Gate Bridge, and I'm working, and and I'm I'm a part-time dad. I left my house early when I was 16. Before I was 20, I had two boys. And I said, sure, son. 
uh, for your birthday. We So, came his birthday. We went all the way up there, and we got on a ferry, and, and he took us to uh, Alcatraz, but the promise was is that the ship was going to pass through the Golden Gate. It was going to swing by there <clears throat> in the Bay of San Francisco. And we were on one side of the boat. We were in the Starbuck, or whatever you call it. And all of a sudden, the boat turned a different way that we thought. And all the people were on the other side of the boat. And I had to push my son and then the other son following me. And I said, come on, get out of my way. I didn't come all this way to all these people. Move the people out of the way and get my son all the way to the front so he can see the Golden Gate Bridge. And then he, he sees it. And he's astonished, astonished. And he yells out, he says, Dad, it's not golden, it's orange. And all the people gasp at the same time, yes, it's orange. <laughs> Let the truth be known from a child. So it's the same thing with us when we go into it. The grace of God, it's not our hard work, it's receiving our sonship. Look, it's the grace of God. We are in the kingdom. We are heirs. Wow. No work on our part. The hardest thing to do for us is to take it and receive it and not have any payment in it. Huh? Freely we have received. Freely we give. Not rocket science, folks. We just got to get it through our lazy flesh, through our pride, through our ego, through our selfishness. And the thinking we don't deserve. Amen. All right, moving right along to our next teaching for April the 4th. <clears throat> Be Loyal by Gloria Copeland. Now we're going to put a little icing on the cake with Gloria, the, the wife. And she says, 1 Samuel 2.30 is the verse for us to look up. Them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteem then that honor me I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed isn't that amazing that the word of God 1 Samuel 2.30 the word of God says lightly esteem you know what lightly esteem means it means the, the father warrior the creator of this engine is not going to shut your air your sunlight your food off he's going to still give you mercy even though you don't honor the father you honor other persons. You honor um, uh, statues and other people. And I've done the same thing. You honor tradition. You honor um, and don't put Jesus Christ as the in the chair of your household, which is your soul. This is Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three of them sitting in the throne of your heart. But you're going to be lightly esteemed. You're still going to act. It's going to seem like you're still, you're walking in grace and mercy, just like a warrior would do. A strong man wouldn't snuff you out. that has compassion on you. But then there's another group of people that honor him with a tambourine, praise him, glorify, full of joy and laughter and falling down and just having a party, cheerful every day. And the father working with them. There's two kinds of Christians. Some Christians are... Anyway, you know what I mean. Let's move on. Gloria says, God honors those who honor Him. 
He'll never forget the seeds of loyalty you sow. He'll multiply them and give them back to you in a harvest of blessings. And Malachi 3.17 says, When he makes up his jewels, you'll be forever among them. Forever. Think about that for a moment. By honoring God with your life and your lips, you're stepping into a realm of blessings that will literally take an eternity to explore. Once you begin to get that kind of eternal perspective on things, you'll see that it is grossly immature to get mad at God when temporary things don't work out exactly how and why you want them to. You'll see that your loyalty must be first of all to God, that you must seek first His kingdom, even when things seem to be going wrong. The Bible says that if you do that, all these other things will be added unto you. Okay, let's back up a little bit. (laughs) Forever, think about that for a moment. By honoring God with your life and your lips, you're stepping into a realm of blessings that will literally take an eternity to explore. Did you hear that? (laughs) Literally take an eternity to explore a realm of blessings. Have you guys ever seen your mansion in heaven? I see mine. I, I I had the spirit. It wasn't it wasn't an angel. It was like the Holy Spirit took me to heaven and showed me my mansion. Can you imagine the mansion that I'm going to be living in? It's it's almost like a little city. Uh, the uh, there's it was amazing. Just let me tell you what the what the the gates were. As I, we were driving, I guess we were in some kind of vehicle, we were driving towards the mansion, and the Spirit said, there's your mansion. And I could see the, 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 the walls. The walls were like three feet thick, and they were, they were round and up, and then they had wrought iron, and then they went down like a hill, and then up, and had wrought iron. In other words, they were like up and down, up and down, three feet thick. An enormous amount of work. Of making this wall and this iron uh, wrought iron on it. Then we got to the gates, and then we went in, and it was almost it was a it's a winding, beautiful ride towards the four, three, four story home out there. And there was carriages out there, and there was horses, and there was a pond, and there were ducks, and there were servants. It looked like servants, but it would look like people honoring people with those top hats like the 1800s and uh, carriages and horses and stuff. And then when we walked into the uh, into the huge place, I saw uh, the, a, a beautiful stairway that went both ways in this mansion, one to the left and one to the right. Uh, and there was a beautiful challenger there. I mean, it was just glorious and enormous. And the spirit said, this is your house. And your payments are 1.2 million a month. Huh. Folks, that's way out there. And if it's that's for this place, let it be. If it's for this this world, can you imagine? I calculated as a real estate agent what 1.2 million a month. That means I would have to be making uh, that would be one third of my pay to for existence. So I would have to be making five, six million a month to to pay for that. There's about two billion, two million, two thousand billionaires. I don't know. 
let it be let us be one right let us be one oh I threw myself out here forever think about that for a moment by honoring God with your lips and your life you're stepping into a realm of blessing that would literally take an eternity to explore that's one of the reasons we commit to thanking God for our hiccups you need a problem to honor God how are you going to honor God without a problem okay a problem will get us up into the into the heavens and then we start honoring God by the good things he gives us by thanking him and praising him that we have sufficient water to wash warm water we start honoring God on the little things if we're not honoring God on the small things that we can get out of bed and take care of our own hygiene and we're complaining then That's where we have to start thanking God for our hiccups, thanking God for our mishaps. That you'll start to honor God and we'll start moving from from strength to strength, higher and higher levels. And then it'll be easy, easy life. It just makes so much sense, okay? It's like flapping your wings. You're in the mud, you're stuck in the mud, your wings are wet, and, and, and you just keep praying to God, keep flapping the wind by thanking God for the mud because they're making our wings strong. Thanking God that we're stuck in there because it's making our wings strong. Guys, we can see God's love in, in creation over and over again. But so many of us sit there in the mud and we cry and we cry and then yeah, we ask others to help us. We ask the government to help us. We ask other people, oh, poor me, pobre de mi, poor me. Pour me another drink so I can wallow in my misery and not access the power and the creative forces of God because I'm lazy and I'm watching TV hey folks thank you if it's you get punched in the nose get kicked in the ass in the rear get your ass up and get going and start thanking God for your problems and watch God move if this is too hard for you hasta la vista baby you know, you got to thank God for your difficulties to move up and over and, and help others. This is training. This is boot camp. Your mama's not here. You know, you start thanking God. Once you begin to get that kind of eternal perspective on things, you'll see that it's grossly immature to get mad at God when temporary things don't work out exactly how and when you want them to. Grossly immature. We see that all the time. All the grossly immature guys come to the 12-step programs. They go to the bar. They cry on their thing and so forth. Sure, hurts. You can hurt and you can have yourself a good cry. But you move on. You get up and you thank God for the hurt. For the, they left you. They took all your everything. They took your child. You come up with a disease. Just start thanking God. There's hope. There's answers. There's power in that choice and that commitment. You'll see that your loyal loyalty must be first of all to God, and that was the first problem too. Our loyalty was to the TV, to our work, to our own efforts, to our own faith. You have a loyalty in your own faith that God has deposited faith in us. Now we're relying on that faith to get us through so we don't need any more of God. Thank you very much. I've done that. What we're doing right now is we're replenishing our faith by thanking God and and seeking more love of Him. 
We're using our willpower all right. We're using our faith power all right, the right way, our hope power. We're using our efforts to access the kingdom of God and find grace and for time of need. Okay, Gloria goes on to say, you'll see that your loyalty must be first of all to God, that you must seek first his kingdom. And when things seem to be going wrong, the Bible says that if you'll do that, all these other things will be added unto you. Even when things seem to be going wrong, you're making headway in the right direction because a storm it seems to be going wrong. The storm is fi- fighting the ship, right? And there's the uh, treasure island. And then it seems like you're going wrong because the storm is pulling you, but you're going the long way around. You're using the storm to pull you forward, but the efforts are very slow because the storm is, but you're still headed that way. You're going a roundabout way. Amen. The Bible says that if you'll do that, all these other things will be added unto you. God never forgets. He'll never forget that in the heat of the battle, when others were giving up and saying, hey, this fake stuff doesn't work, you were still honoring him by standing firm and speaking his promises. So determine in your heart today to be loyal toward God in every word you speak. Make up your mind once and for all that nothing in your life is as vital as honoring God. Keep honoring Him and speaking words of faith. It works. It will work deliverance for you in this life. And in an eternity, you'll sure to be glad you did. It will work deliverance for you in this life. And in eternity, you'll surely be glad you did. Amen. An additional scripture reading is Psalm 61. Let's go over here and we're about done. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I don't apologize for anything I said. I stand by it because it saves lives. We are in boot camp, folks. This is no different. Psalm 61 says, Oh God, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For no matter where I am, even when I am far from home, I will cry out to you for a father's help. When I'm feeble and overwhelmed by life, Guide me into your glory where I am safe and sheltered. Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. You lift me high above the fray. None of my foes can touch me when I am held firmly in your wraparound presence. Keep me in this glory. Let me live continually under your splendor shadow, hiding my life in you forever. Think about that. Pause in his presence. Pause and relax and say, let God be God in your life. Be still and let God be God. Pause in his presence. Amen. Verse 5. You have heard my sweet resolutions to love and serve you, for I am your beloved. And you have given me an inheritance of rich treasures which you give to all your devoted lovers. You treat me like a king, giving me a full and abundant life. Years and years are reigning, like many generations roll into one. I will live enthroned with you forever. Guard me, God, 
with your unending, unfailing love. Let me live my days walking in grace and truth before you. And my praise will fill the heavens forever. Fulfill my vows to make every day a love gift to you. Amen. The word of the Lord. The Passion Translation. Psalm 61. Thank you so much for coming in here. May the Lord bless you and keep you and see your efforts and grant you success this day. Success which in turn is praising him and thanking him. Let's get out there and give them a heaven, family. Thank you. Welcome to today's podcast of Biblical Curriculum College. Thank you so much. Let's go ahead and open with the Lord's Prayer and communion, please. So please get your wafer and your fruit grape juice ready. Now, we may acknowledge the Lord. It's a special session today. We're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So let's pray. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go ahead and take bread, pick up the bread. And Jesus says, this is my body given over to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ, we remember you that you went to the cross for us, obediently, willingly, to take the punishment for our sins. So we just confess to you, Lord God, anything that we have done wrong. Lord, we ask you to clean it from our minds, our thoughts, and our actions. Clean our lives, Lord. We ask you for forgiveness. We need a Savior. Let's partake of the body of Christ, which is the bread of life. Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let's taste and see that the Lord is good. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Lord, for the joy and the blessings of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are partakers of his body. We are obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ who said, Do this in remembrance of me. We're remembering you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us us for me for me individually and and that evening jesus took the cup and said this is my blood shed for you for the remission of sins amen it says this cup is the new covenant ratify and establish in my blood first corinthians eleven twenty five amplified bible Thank you, Jesus Christ, for your blood, Lord God, that cleanses holy, holy, holy. Thank you for your blood that ratifies and makes the covenant true, Lord, the new covenant. That we are to believe in Jesus Christ, believe in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for the rod, that staff, the blood of Jesus, the principle. Amen. Let's partake of his blood. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Our God establishes all our goings. Lord, we acknowledge you for the next day, this coming week, and the rest of the week. 
Lord, for your presence and your love and your harmony to take place in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Our scripture for today is 1 Corinthians 11.25 from the Amplified Bible. Like I said, it says, This cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. By Kenneth Copeland, dig into your covenant. Now we don't. New covenant. Is it a familiar phrase to most of us? But do we really know what it means, new covenant? No, we don't, says Kenneth can it? Because if we did, every one of us will be a fake giant. Instead of struggling, trying to believe the promises of God, we'd be like Abraham, strong in the faith, fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able to perform. Romans 4, 20, 21. That's the kind of confidence that well lit up in Abraham when God cut the covenant with him. It was an inferior covenant to ours made with the blood of animals, yet it transformed a doubting Abraham into the very father of faith. Why? Because Abraham understood the significance of it. He knew that entering into that covenant of blood meant you were totally and forever giving yourself away to someone else. Once you did it, nothing would ever be exclusively yours. All that you were, all that you had, or ever would have becomes an equal property of your covenant partner. During the the covenant company in Abraham's day, the partners exchanged coats, each one giving their authority to the other. They exchanged weapons as a way of saying, your enemies are now my enemies. I'll fight your fights as if they were my own. They walked through the blood of stained Animals pronouncing their loyalty to one another, even to the death. When God made a covenant with him, Abraham knew there was no longer any room for doubt. God had proven how intensely he desired to be God to him. He'd given him everything he had and bound himself to Abraham in a relationship that could not be dissolved. Abraham comprehended the gravity of a covenant agreement. It convinced him once and for all that God's promises could be trusted. It became an anchor to his soul. Do you want to be a faith giant like Father Abraham? Then dig into the covenant you have with God. Study it out in the word. Let the Holy Spirit show you what really happened when Jesus became the sacrifice that ratified your covenant with God. Let him show you what it means when he gave you his name, John 16, 23. Let me show you what he means when he gave you his authority, Matthew 28, 18, and 20. Let him show you what it means when he gave you his armor and weapons, Ephesians 6, 10, 17. Once you realize what Jesus actually meant when he said, this is the new covenant established in my blood, your life will never be the same. Amen, amen. And scripture reading is Hebrews 10, 1 through 23. And that says, the Passion Translations. Christ's eternal sacrifice. The old system of living under the law presented us with only a faint shadow, a crude outline of the reality of the wonderful blessings to come. 
Even with its steady streams of sacrifices offered year after year, there still was nothing that could make our hearts perfect before God. For if animal sacrifices could once and for all eliminate sin, they would have ceased to be offered and the worshipers would have clean consciousness. Instead, once was not enough. So by repetition, sacrifices year after year, the worshipers were continually reminded of their sin with their hearts still impure. For what power does the blood of bulls and goats have to remove sin's guilt? So when Jesus the Messiah came into the world, he said, Since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I may offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to you, God, I will be the one to go and do your will to fulfill all that is written of me in your world. First, he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice, even though the law required them to be offered. And then he said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sins, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replace that entire system with the new covenant. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all. Through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus the Messiah, yet every day priests still serve Yet everyday priests still serve ritually, offering the same sacrifices again and again. Sacrifices that can never take away sin's guilt. But when the priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the throne of the right hand of God, waiting until all his whispering enemies are seduced and turned into his false stool. And by this one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly whole and completely for all time. The Holy Spirit confirms this to us by the scripture, for the Lord says, Afterwards, I will give them this covenant. I will embed my laws into their hearts and fasten my word to their thoughts. And then he says, I will never, ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus, and he welcomed us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm bodily and without hesitation for he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God for just as the veil was torn in two Jesus body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him and since we have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's home we come closer to you and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts will always 
been sprinkled with blood to remove impurities, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. So now trap your heart tightly, wrap it around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Amen and amen. It says, with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from, from him, for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurities, and we have been freed from the accusing And we shall be free from the accusing tongues. In Jesus' mighty name, go in the name of the Lord. And to finish off, we're going to go to uh, Psalms 23, one of my favorite psalms that uh, has so much value to it. I'm reading from, from the Passion Translation, The Good Shepherd. David's poetic praise to God. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious home. He tracks to, takes me to an assist of peace near the quiet brooks of a bliss. A bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path and leads me along the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will not conquer me, for you already have conquered me. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You have become a, You have become my... Delicious feast, and when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of your until my cup overflows. So why should I fear the future? Only goodness and tender love pursues me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, everyone. So you're going to go ahead and uh, go to uh, our brother's house. Go and have fellowship and with others in the body of Christ and love one another. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God bless you from the inside out. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to today's Bible class. I'm Fernando. You're a journalist. You're a, a traveling companion on this day, the 29th of March. Welcome. Welcome. A high five, a, a hug, and, and you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Your, your friendship, your smile, and your approval. Thank you. I bless you. I bless your soul with happiness. I bless your soul with with uh, laughter. I bless your soul with prosperity. And bless your soul with health. 
healthy soul, you're in love with yourself, in love with God, and love with your fellow man. Today's going to be a really interesting uh, podcast. I've done it in Spanish already, and I did the the, the recommended reading from Romans uh, chapter 15, verse 1 through 7. I did it in about four different translations in Spanish and, and got a revelation. In other words, it took it home that all of the offenses that we get are falling on Christ Jesus, and he's took them for us. When people talk bad of us, uh, want the best of us, or trying to hurt us, they're all trying to hurt the body of Christ. We know that, and you know that, but let's... <clears throat> Let's establish that that it'll never be a problem again, that we walk in the love and the light of Jesus Christ. And as we go forward, <clears throat> we'll be shining vessels of the price that our Lord Jesus Christ paid on the cross. He died for our sins. <clears throat> Let's demonstrate that in an easy manner, which is accepting it and receiving it and understanding it and thinking about it, contemplating, musing on this next half hour we're going to have together. So let's go ahead and pray the Our Father, and then we're going to take communion and welcome the Holy Spirit into our teachings, into the Word of God as we as we shuffle the, the biblical Bibles electronically. And consider many translations on this topic. We're going to go through the many different translations that I love, <clears throat> that I love and encourage us. Okay, let's go ahead and pray the Our Father. <clears throat> Our Father, <clears throat> who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> now let's go ahead and take communion. Please go get your bread, which signifies the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you died for us. You went to the cross and paid the price, Lord, to give us life eternal. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for demonstrating your purpose and your love to us by dying in the cross on that hill, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for giving up the ghosts for us. <clears throat> Lord, we just praise you. We thank you that Because of your death, you took away the power of death for us. We were bound for hell and in eternal. We're lost, Lord, in our sins. And Jesus Christ, you, you had the courage, the love, the focus, the ability to die on the cross for us, Lord. To change eternity, to have a door for us to enter into the kingdom. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we just say thank you I love you thank you for dying on the cross for us Jesus and Lord this is your body that was broken for us thank you for doing that for us Lord we could not save ourselves and you gave us the free gift of eternal life thank you for that let's go ahead and partake of the bread of the body of Christ That was broken for us.
And with that, Jesus took the cup and said, This is my blood shed for you for the remissions of sins. Let's go ahead and take a minute to cleanse our minds and our souls. Lord, we ask you, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Restore to me, Lord, the joy of thy salvation. Purge me, Lord. Purge me from any words, deeds, and thoughts, what my eyes have seen, what my mouth has spoken, what my ears have heard, Lord. By your blood, dunk me in your blood, Lord. Establish me in the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that I may thoroughly washed in the blood of Jesus. My ears, my eyes, everything, Lord God. Purify my soul and my mind, Lord God, that I may be a vessel of honor, Lord God, for your for your work and your glory. Thank you for this blood, Jesus, that signifies the new covenant, Lord. We've been restored. We've been renewed. We created anew in Christ Jesus. We are shining lights unto the, the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this blood. Let's go ahead and partake of the blood of Jesus. The grapevine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your restoration. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. In Psalms 111, verse 5 says, He has given meat unto them that fear him. He will be, ever be mindful of his covenant. In Psalms 111, verses 7 and 8, the works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. In Psalms 119, 89 and 90, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abided. And Psalm 119, verse 138. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. Psalm 119, 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Isaiah 14, 24. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely, as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purpose, so shall it stand. Isaiah 25.1 O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee. I will praise the name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsel of old are faithfulness and truth. Amen. Thy counsel of old is faithfulness and truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And that's what we get. Faithfulness and truth. If we read the night before and sleep on those verses. We wake up in the morning with faithfulness and truth shining through our teeth for the world to see. Seems like our 24 hours start at sundown. When the sun goes down, that's when I, this man, open my Bible 
and start studying and start realizing that we're in a war out there and I need ammunition. I need ammunition. And fill myself up, sleep well in the Holy Spirit, a very good night's rest, and then up and at them early, fully awake to praise and worship and enter into the kingdom of God and give Him praise and get into His Word. Let's go ahead and get started in our teaching today, our biblical college here, curriculum that we have. Today's reading is really interesting. We have for the 29th of March, Kenneth Copeland, Faith to Faith book says, that your prayers may not be hindered. 1 John 1.7, the Amplified Bible says, but if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for being true as I am true to you. Thank you for being true to me. And I praise you and I bless God for you. We thank God for, we praise Jesus and thank God for the body of Christ. Okay, Kenny Copeland goes on to say, one area of our lives we believe have particularly neglected is the area of our relationships. We simply haven't heeded the word of God where they're concerned. We fuss with one another and criticize one another so much that we hindered the forces that God has given us to make us successful in this world. That's right, strife causes trouble in the spiritual realm. It opens the door to the devil. It keeps our prayers from being answered. It even keeps our angels from moving on our behalf. That should open up our, our spiritual nostrils. It opens the door to the devil's strife. It keeps our prayers from being answered. It even keeps our angels from moving on our behalf. Peter wrote to husbands in 1 Peter 3, 7, to live considerately with their wives with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are, are joint heirs of the grace, God's unmerited favor of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off, the Amplified Bible. Husbands and wives, parents and children, co-workers, fellow church members, all of us need to wake up to the danger of strife and start walking in love. Shred the light of God's word into your relationships. Dig into it and get a revelation of the fact that we are all part of each other. Recognize that. As Ephesians tells us, we are one body and of one spirit. And be eager to strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of that spirit. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 to 4. Let the power of God flow in all your relationships. Learn to walk in that light. Additional reading is from the Apostle Paul, the book of Romans, chapter 15, 1 through 7. Now, I have sprung up a lot of versions, a lot of different translations. So we're going to go ahead and read different translations that have a different twist to this topic. It's learning to bless each other and not speak badly of the body of Christ. Now you're going to see why this is so important. One, 
that we won't open the door to the devil. Two, that our prayers will be answered easily and that our angels will have something to do instead of them playing cards and watching TV. They'll, they'll go, we'll send them out to work for us, right? To bring us that rhythm and that, and that guidance that take us places. Be adventurous life. Amen. With power of God. Our first Bible we're going to use is the uh, New International Reader's Version. I love these Bibles, okay? All the, I didn't have room enough to, to do all of them, but these are, they all have the same idea that we love one another and that any offenses that come to us are really, really on falling on the shoulders of Jesus to begin with. Nothing to do with us, folks. Well, let's go. Here we go. We who have strong faith should help the weak with their problems. We should not please only ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors. Let us do what is good for them in order to build them up. Even Christ did not please himself as it is written. The bad things people have said about you have been aimed at me also. I was prophesied in Psalm 69.9. Everything written in the past was written to teach us. The scripture gives us strength to go on. They encourage us and give us hope. Everything written in the past was written to teach us. The scripture gives us strength to go on. They encourage us and give us hope. Our God is a God who strengthens and encourages you. May he give you the same attitude towards one another that Christ Jesus had. Then you can give glory to God with one mind and voice. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ has accepted you, so accept one another in order to bring praise to God. Again, that was from the New International Reader's Version. Our next version is the uh, New Living Translation. Living to please others, Romans 15, 1 through 7. We who are strong must be considered of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself, as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with one another, with each other, as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Amen. Keep an eye open for the... Keep an eye open for the anointing in the words that strike your fancy, okay? 
Now, this is the, the Passion Translation. It says, love is the key to unity. Now, those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. For not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, lived to please himself. His life fulfilled the scripture that says, All the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. All the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourself, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the Anointed One. Then, with unanimous rush of passion, you will, with one voice, glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the Anointed One has fully accepted you and receive you as his partner. Woohoo! Man, that was good, huh? Okay. Then we did <clears throat> the good news translation says, please others, not yourself. We who are strong in the faith ought to help the weak to carry their burdens. We should not please ourselves. Instead, we should all please other believers for their own good in order to build them up in the faith. For Christ did not please himself. Instead, as the scripture says, the insults which are hurtled at you have fallen on me. Everything written in the scriptures was written to teach us in order that we might have hope through the patience and encouragement which the scripture gives us. And may God, the source of patience and encouragement, enable you to have the same point of view among yourself by following the examples of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus, so that all of you together may praise with one another the voice, the God and Father, with one voice, praise the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, verse 7, then for the glory of God as Christ has accepted you. Amen. Okay, let's move on. See another translation. This translation is the, uh, what is this? Standard Bible. New American Standard Bible. Self-denial in behalf of the others. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weakness of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the taunts of those who taunt you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instructions, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be the best to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus. Verse 6. So that with one purpose and in one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ has accepted you, has also accepted us for the glory of God. In other words, therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us for the glory of God. Hey, man, that was good, huh? I like that. That was I, I heard a lot about this Bible, the New American Standard Bible. Very good, very good. Now, I'm thinking we didn't, we didn't give the uh, New King James a shot. We didn't give the, uh, so here you go. There's the New King James. We'll give that a, a Romans 1 through 5 opportunity to display its penmanship. And then what else did we didn't give? Uh, the Amplified Bible. We didn't go to the Amplified Bible. So, so bear with me, please. We didn't get, okay, there's the Amplified Bible. Let's put that down. Where is the Amplified Bible? Oh, don't forget the Message Bible. Okay. And here we go with the Amplified. The Amplified Bible, the Classic Edition. What's another Bible that's good? Did we do the NIV Bible? No, we haven't done the NIV. So we got to give all this work, all the people, all the hours and literature that went into these translations go into the Greek. Consider what all these Bibles have put down for us to, uh, to bring the message to us, right? Here's the Douay Rhymes, the Darby Translation, Christian Standard Bible, Complete Jewish Bible, the uh, easy-to-read version, free Bible version. Wow. We could be here quite a long time trying to read every version. That is the modern English version, Scottish metrical phrases, Psalms of David version, New American Bible, Revised Edition, New American Standard Bible. Wow. I don't know, guys. The Tree of Life version. Well, what do I like? What do I like? Those were the ones I liked the most. Um, the How about your Young's Translation, Literal Translation. I'll go with that. Okay, let's go ahead again. Let's start with that. Romans 15, Young. And we ought, who are strong, to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. For let each one of us please the neighbor for good unto edification. For even the Christ did not please himself, but according as it has been written, the reproaches of those reproaching thee fell upon me. For as many things as were written before for our instruction were written before that through the endurance and the exhortation of the writings, we might have the hope. And may the God of our endurance and of our exhortation give to you to have the same mind toward one another according to Christ Jesus. That with one accord, with one mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another, according as also the Christ did receive us 
to the glory of God. Amen. I hit it out of the fans. Young little translation. Very good. Very good. Now we go to the NIV. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Amen. Acceptance brings praise to God through love, people. That was the NIV. Woohoo! Let's keep moving. Now, the Amplified Bible, people. Romans 15, verse 1 through 7. He, excuse me, we, we who are strong in our convictions and our and of a robust faith ought to bear with the failings and the frailties and the tender scruples of the weak. We ought to help carry the doubts and qualms of others and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us make it a practice to please, make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him, and build him up spiritually. For Christ did not please himself, gave no thought to his own interests, but, as it is written, the reproaches and abuses of those who reproached and abused you fell on me. For whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction, that by our steadfast and patience, endurance, and the encouragement drawn from the Scriptures, we might hold fast to and cherish hope. Now may the God who gives the power of patience, endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement, grant you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may unanimously, with united hearts and one voice, praise and glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Welcome and receive to your hearts one another, then even as Christ has welcomed and received you to the glory of God. Wow, wow, Amplified Classic Edition, amazing, huh? And now, here the Message Bible. Now, let's thank God for all these translators that, and we haven't even scratched the surface. There's many other Bibles that we can consider, but they sure are delivering the home. That Amplified right there delivered that we are in a family, a real, real family, laughter and joy. And always forgiving one another and sticking with each other, encouraging each other in the truth and the love, but not beating them over the head with it. 
Actually, we're just being mature like if Christ was living inside of us. That's the attitude that we should take for one another. And did you notice that they talked about hope? That if we don't have hope the next day, it's because we didn't put anything in the hopper. I didn't put anything in the hopper. I need to buckle down, Mr. Buckle, and open up the scriptures and get into it the night before that's what I did last yesterday. Maybe that's why I'm talking so much. I read the scriptures and then I put my headphones and I listened to myself, excuse me, do the readings and I fell asleep that way. Oh, that's a great orator or torator, whatever. A great, I like listening to the scriptures through my own voice. It just put me to sleep very well. So here we go. This is the Message Bible. I just have two more, and then we're <laughs> we're done. Well, I said 30 minutes, right? I'll have to go over a little. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith, Romans 15, 1 through 7, the Message Bible. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us, Strength is for service, not status. Each of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waited right in and helped out. I took on the troubles of the troubled, is the way Scripture puts it. Even if it was written in Scriptures long ago, you can be sure is written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in Scripture to come to characterize us, keeps us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependability, steady, and warmly personal God develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us, all of us. Then we'll, we'll all be acquired, not our own voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God of our Father, of, of our Master Jesus. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. Jesus did it, now you do it. Jesus, staying true to his God's purposes reached out in a special way. Amen. <clears throat> wow. That was heavy, huh? Okay, the last one is a good old New King James Version to finish it off. Bearing Others' Burdens. B.B. Club. B.O.B. Club. Baba. Bearing Others' Burdens. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comforts of the scripture might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, 
that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Amen. Did you see that? It's not about us. It's, it's not about us. This world, this history, it's about Father God and the Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is talking to the Father right here. The reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. Okay? And because Jesus said, the, devil, he, the devil's coming, but he has nothing on me. Jesus was sinless, so it was neutralized. The reproaches were neutralized. So when people come at us, those reproaches, those talk, those, those persecutions, they are neutralized in the spirit. That's why thanking God and praising Him and worship Him keeps us emotionally balanced and stable. We bring out the love of God. Help me, Lord, to act with your love in the seemingly impossible situations of life. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's go ahead and finish our incredible study for today. Comfort you, O my people. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day today our daily bread and forgive us of our wrongs as we forgive those who wrong against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love you. Thank you. after the rain Jesus 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 as I think let heaven proclaim Jesus Jesus Thank you for coming to today's podcast. I'm reading uh, Answers to Praise, an excerpt from Marilyn Carrado's book. These are letters or testimonies that people have written in after doing the exercise of thanking God for problems. This is a very interesting letter because it was sent in by a missionary's son that's out in the field trying to change people's lives. Here's a letter. 
I read your two books with great interest, Prisoner Praise and Power and Praise. The Lord has challenged me to practice praise in difficult problems. I am a missionary in the Bahamas and I meet so many people who need your message. I need to understand it for my own family. It is possible for us to praise God for another person, is it? And expect these same miracles when the person is not interested and far away? I want to do this for my son who is so deceived by the ungodly teachings and influence at his college. And then Marilyn Carotters, he, he comments back, I pray a prayer that is filled with grief or anxiety is a prayer of unbelief. If we believe God is answering our prayers, we should have joy. Jesus said to bring our burdens to him and leave them there. If we relinquish control, will we have the right to believe God is working out the best plan for those we love? If we relinquish control, we have a right to believe God is working out the best plan for those we love. We need to trust God instead of laboring over problems that only He can solve. Our own fear and unbelief could be the very force that prevents Him from answering our prayers. The most powerful form of prayer is the power of praise. When we ask God to do something for someone, it is then time to praise Him that He is doing it. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, NIV. Hi, welcome to today's Bible study with Bible College. We'll be reading March 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of Faith to Faith with Kennedy and Gloria Copeland. Let's go ahead and open it up with a moment of silence followed by the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. <laughs> Don't go nowhere. Stay right here. Got my programs corrected here. Okay, today the scripture is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent for to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? By Kenneth Copeland. Most of us heard about our guardian angel when we were just children, and in those days, it was a comforting thought with monsters lurking behind the closet door and creepy things crawling beneath the bed. It was good to know that someone was there to protect us when the light was out. But as the years passed, we outgrew our childhood fears. The imaginary creatures that had once seemed so real disappeared from our minds, 
And sadly enough, for most of us, the angels did too. But angels are not just kiss stuff. They're powerful spirits sent forth to minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. The word salvation in Hebrews 1.14 is from the Greek word soteria, meaning deliverance, preservation, material, and temporal deliverance. Just think about that. God has created vast numbers of glorious, powerful spiritual beings for the express purpose of protecting us and delivering us from the evils of this world. And remember, according to Psalm 103, verse 20, the word of God is what put these angels in action. So when you're in trouble, don't cover and cry about how awful things are. Speak the word, give your angels something to respond to. Then be patient and let them have time to work. They'll get their job done. They will. Scripture reading is Psalm 103, verses 17 to 22. Huh. Right on cue. Let me see. How do I get that scripture? Here we go. Amen. Have you ever seen an angel? Have you ever seen these angels they're talking about? They are huge. You know, six, six and a half feet tall. Oh, men. You know, 30-year-old, muscle-bound, heavy-duty wings that are just tremendous uh, wings and, and, and muscle wings that you know, just some of those pictures that uh, in the old days they they have copied angels that people have seen. Those are actually very good representative of angels, what they look like. For my experience, folks, for my experience of seeing uh, angels, and um, they're there. I was just thinking about how to activate the angels. One of the ways is to imagine from the visions I've gotten and from all the work you're doing from prayer and praising and seeking God, this is the steps and the visions God has given me is to imagine the blood of Jesus on the cross and think and meditate on the blood of the Lamb as it's trickled down or it's or it's in the, in the cup before you take communion just meditate on her and stay there long enough to photosynthesis to take place then you get a picture of pristine uh, spring water and you say to the water you say wonderful water and you come into agreement with another person prefer your wife and bless the water and say wonderful water take a big glass of water and then get a book McGill uh, has a good book on the promises of God and read the promises out loud so they will go into the, so the angels will have something to run on. You know, do this in the morning. I believe that's a quick, there's a lot to it. The benefits, the angels get to it. The words that we're claiming, they will take transpire because the angels will have something to run on. Amen. All we can do is try it. You'll like it. Okay, here we go. Verse 17 says, But the Lord's love for those who have respect for him lasts forever and ever. 
Their children's children will know that he always does what is right. He always loves those who keep his covenant. He always does what is right for those who remember to obey his commands. The Lord has set up his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you angels of his. Praise him, you mighty ones who carry out his orders and obey his word. Praise the Lord, all you angels in heaven. Praise him, all you who serve him and do what he wants. Let everything the Lord has made praise him everywhere in his kingdom. I will praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Beautiful, beautiful setting. And now for let's move on to March 22nd. Mark 16, 17 and 18, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Healing always comes. I used to get upset over people I lay hands on on who wouldn't get well. I was praying one day and seeking God about it when he spoke to my spirit and said, Healing always comes. I remember I said, What do you mean healing always comes? Not everyone gets healed. I didn't say that they all received it, he answered. Then he spoke very sternly to me. I do my part, and I said they will, would recover. Those words hit me like a ton of bricks. He said they would recover. He never lies. So if he said they would recover, then that means healing always comes. It's not God who's holding back. It's the receiver who aren't receiving. Since then, I never heard any trouble laying hands I never had any trouble laying hands on people and believing for them to be healed, whether they walk away well or not. I just keep standing in faith for them. In fact, I know that if that fellow who went away still sick ever line his face up with God and me, I don't care if it's five years from now, he'll be healed. Remember, if someone has prayed over you, meditate on that over and over with, with, and see the blood of Jesus because it has benefits. Just look at it and meditate. Have a glass of water, spring water. Say wonderful water. There's miracle in the wonderful water. Drink it and then quote promises of God into the air. That's the recommended process I have for you. If you laid hands on someone who didn't receive his healing, don't cut off the flow of God's power by withdrawing your faith. Stand fast. Keep believing that healing always comes. And somewhere down the line, that poor sick fellow may just decide to stand up and agree with you. Additional reading is Mark 10, verses 46 to 52. Let's go there. Mark 10. Forty-six to fifty-two. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. They were leaving the city. A large crowd was with them. A blind man was sitting by the side of the road, begging. His name was Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. 
So he, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many people commanded him to stop. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call for him. So they called out to the blind man, Cheer up, get up off your feet. Jesus is calling for you. So he threw his coat to one side. Then he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to be able to see. Go, said Jesus. Your fate has healed you. Right away he could see. And he followed Jesus along the road. Amen. And now we have uh, the reading of Kenny Copeland, March 23rd, Coming Together, Ephesians 4.13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If you know how to listen to the voice of God, you can hear him calling throughout the body of Christ today. He is calling for unity. He is calling us to lay hold down is to lay down our disagreements and come together in preparation for Jesus' return. Just the thought of that scares some believers. How can I unify with someone from another denomination, they say. I'm not going to give up my doctrines and agree with theirs just from unity's sake. What they don't realize is this, scriptural unity isn't based on doctrine. Winds of doctrine, according to Ephesians 4.14, are childish. Winds of doctrine don't unify. They divide and blow people in every direction. The Word doesn't say anything about us coming into the unity of our doctrines. It says we'll come into the unity of the faith. In the past, we failed to understand that and tried to demand doctrinal unity from each other anyway. If you don't agree with me on these issues of time, we will say, or on the timing of the rapture, or on the proper depth for baptism water, I won't accept you as a brother in the Lord. I'll break fellowship with you. But that's not God's way of doing things. He doesn't have a long list of doctrinal demands for us to meet. His requirements are simple. 1 John 3.23 tells us what they are. To believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. Once you and I come to a place where we can keep these requirements and quit worrying about the rest, we'll be able to forget our denominational squabbles and come together in the unity of faith. We'll grow so strong together that the winds of doctrine won't be able to divert us apart. When that happens, the devil is going to panic because the unity of the faith of God's people is a staggering thing. It's the most unlimited, powerful thing on earth. Right now, all over the world, the Spirit is calling the church of the living God to unite. Hear Him and obey, and you can be part of one of the most magnificent moves of God this world has ever seen. Amen and amen. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 132 and Psalm 
133. 132 verses 13 to 18. Psalm 132, 13 to 18. Here we go. The Lord has chosen Zion. That's the place where he wants to live. He has said, this will be my resting place forever and ever. Here I will sit on my throne because that's what I want. I will greatly bless Zion with everything it needs. I will give plenty of food to the poor people living there. I will put salvation on his priests as if it were their clothes. God's faithful people will always sing for joy. Here in Jerusalem, I will raise up a mighty king from the family of David. I will set up the lamp of David's kingdom for my anointed king. His flame will burn brightly forever. I will put shame on his enemies as if it were their clothes, but he will wear on his head a shining crown. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in peace. It is like the special olive oil that was poured on Aaron's head. It ran down his beard and on the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of Mount Hermon was falling on Mount Zion. There the Lord gives his blessings. He gives his life He gives life that never ends. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's go ahead and do uh, March 24th. Um, uh, Faith to Faith Daily Devotional. This is from Gloria Copeland. Obey today. The Amplified Bible, Proverbs 29, 1, says, He who being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. He who being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Some people have the mistaken idea that when the direction of the Holy Spirit comes to him, to them, they can just ignore it for a while if they want to and then obey him later in their own good time. They think to themselves, I know that what I'm doing is wrong. I know my lifestyle isn't right, but I'm just going to do it a while longer. Though then I'll get things straightened out with the Lord. Let me warn you, that is an extreme dangerous thing to do because God says that when you refuse his guidance, your heart grows hard. It is not that God's grace doesn't extend to you anymore. It is not that he wouldn't forgive you if you turn to him. It's just that sin will callous your heart to the point where you can't hear him calling. That's what happened to the children of Israel. God would tell them to do this and do that, and they wouldn't do it. When he was trying to bring them into the promised land, And he told them to go in and possess it. They flatly refused. Of course, they thought they had good reasons for refusing. They were so full of fear and unbelief that they actually thought if they did what God said, 
they'll be destroyed. But you know, it doesn't matter how good your reasons are for disobeying God, that disobedience will cost you. It will still harden your heart. The children of Israel ignored God's leading so often that he finally just sent them to into the wilderness. They were so stiff-necked, he couldn't lead them into the blessing he planned for them. And he had to just let them wander around until all but two of them had died. He had to raise up a whole new generation of softer-hearted people before he could take them into the land. Take a lesson from that and don't play around with sin. When God tells you what you need to do, don't put him off thinking, it will be easier to do it later. It won't be. It will be harder. When the Spirit of God comes to correct you, follow his instructions and follow them quickly. Keep your heart tender. Obey the Lord. Amen. Scripture reading for today is Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 37. Nehemiah chapter 9. Let's go there. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. So the people said, Lord, may your glorious name be praised. May it be lifted high above every other name that is blessed and praised. You are the one and only Lord. You made the heavens. You made even the highest heavens. You created all the stars in the sky. You created the earth and everything on it. And you made the oceans, everything in them. You give life to everything. Every living being in heaven worships you. You are the Lord God. You chose Abraham. You brought him out of Ur in the land of Babylon. You named him Abraham. You knew that his heart was faithful to you, and you made a covenant with him. You promised to give to his children after him a land of their own. It was the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, and Amorites, the Parasites, Jebusites, and Gerhashites also lived there. You have kept your promise. That's because you always do what is right and fair. You saw how our people of long ago suffered in Egypt. You heard them cry out to you at the Red Sea. You send signs and wonders against Pharaoh. You send plagues on all his officials. In fact, you sent them on all the people of Egypt. You knew how they treated our people. They looked down on them, but you made a name for yourself. That name remains to this very day. That name ends to this very day. You parted the waters of the Red Sea for the Israelites. You passed through in it on dry ground, but you threw into the sea those who chased them. They sank down like a stone in the mighty waters. By day, you led the Israelites with a pillar of cloud. At night, you led them with a pillar of fire. It gave them light to show them the way you wanted them to go. 
You came down on Zion from heaven and spoke to your people. You gave them rules and laws. These laws are right and fair. You gave them orders and commands that are good. You taught them about your holy Sabbath day. You gave them commands, orders, and laws. You did it through your servant Moses. When the people were hungry, you gave them bread from heaven. When they were thirsty, you brought them water out of a rock. You told them to go into the land of Canaan. You told them to take it as their own. It was the land you had promised to give them. But our people before us became proud and stubborn. They didn't obey your commands. They refused to obey your commands. They refused to listen to you. They forgot the miracles you had done among them. So they became stubborn. When they refused to obey you, they appointed a leader for themselves. They wanted to go back to being slaves in Egypt. But you are a God who forgives. You are gracious. You are tender and kind. You are slow to get angry. You are full of love, so you didn't desert them. They made for themselves a mental statue of a God that looked like a calf. They said to one another, Here is your God. He brought up out of Egypt. And they did evil things that dishonored you. But you still didn't desert them. Because you loved them so much, you didn't leave them in the desert. During the day of the pillar of the cloud, didn't stop guiding them on their path. At night, the pillar of fire didn't stop shining on the way you wanted them to go. You gave them your good spirits to teach them. You didn't hold back your manna from their mouth, and you gave them water when they were thirsty. For 40 years, you took good care of them in the desert. They had everything they needed. Their clothes didn't wear out, and their feet didn't swell up. You gave them kingdoms and nations. You even gave them their lands far away. They took over the country of Sihon. He was the king of Heshbon. They also took over the country of Og. He was the king of Bashan. You gave him them as many children as there are stars in the sky. You told their parents to enter the land. You told them to take it over, and you brought their children into it. Their children went into the land. They took it as their own. You brought the Canaanites under the Israel's control. The Canaanites lived in the land, but you handed them over to Israel. You also handed over their kings and other nations in the land to Israel. You allowed Israel to deal with them just as they wanted to. Your people captured cities that had high walls around them. They also took over the rich lands in Canaan. They took houses filled with all kinds of good things. They took over wells they had already been dug. They took many vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees. They ate until they were full and satisfied. They were filled with joy because you were so good to them. But they didn't obey you. Instead, they turned against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets. The prophets had warned them to return to you, but they did very evil things that dishonored you. So you handed them over to their enemies who treated them badly. When they cried out to you from heaven, you heard, you heard them and you loved them very much. So you sent leaders to help them. The leaders saved them from the power of their enemies. When the people were enjoying peace and rest again, that's when they did what you did not want them to do. Then you handed them over to their enemies, so their enemies ruled over them. When they cried out to you again, you heard them from heaven. You loved them very much, so you saved them time after time. 
You warned him so that they would obey your law again, but they become proud. They didn't obey your commands. They sinned against your rulers. You said, anyone who obeys my rules, anyone who obeys my rules will live by them. But the people didn't care about them. They turned their backs on you. They became very stubborn. They refused to listen to you. For many years, you put up with them. By your spirit, you warned them through your prophets. In spite of that, they didn't pay any attention. So you handed them over to the nations that were around them. But you loved them very much. So you didn't put an end to them. You, you didn't desert them. That's because you're a gracious God. You are under, you are tender and kind. For our God, you are the great God. You are mighty and wonderful. You show us your love, so don't let all of our suffering seem like a small thing to you. We suffer greatly. So have our kings and leaders. So have our priests and prophets. Our people who lived long ago also suffered. And all your people are suffering right now. In fact, we've been suffering from the time of the kings of Assyria until today. In spite of everything that has happened to us, you have been fair. You have been faithful in what you have done, but we did what was evil. Our kings and leaders didn't follow your way. Our priests and our people didn't use people before us, didn't follow it either. They didn't pay any attention to your commands or rules that you warned them to keep. They didn't serve you. They didn't turn from their evil ways. They, they didn't obey your even when they had a kingdom. They were very good to you were very good to them and they enjoyed it. You gave them a rich land. It had plenty of room in it, but they didn't serve you. Now look at us. We're we are slaves today. We're slaves in the land you gave our people of long ago. You gave it to them so they could eat its fruit and the other good thing it produced. But we have sinned against you, so it is great harvest goes to the kings of Persia. You have placed them over us. They rule over our bodies and cattle just as they please. And we are all suffering terribly. So we are making a firm agreement. We're writing it down. Our leaders are putting their official marks on it. And so are our Levites and priests. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks for coming to today's podcast, family. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his counts and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Welcome, family. Thank you for coming in today's Sunday service, mass service. I love you. I bless you. May God's good blessings be upon you for your efforts. May he reward you for your open-mindedness so you continue search for his presence. So let's go ahead and dedicate this service to him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you have called us out of the depth of sickness, disease, and sin. 
of our ugly lives, Lord, that we live without you, Lord God. You have made us alive in Christ Jesus as part of your plan from the foundations of the earth, Lord. Thank you, Father. You've taken us. Thank you, Father. you reconstructed us, Lord, and you continue to make us the persons that you want us to do. Fully measured in the stature and the measure of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you for that love you imputed into us. Thank you that you 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 pulled out the sin, the, the hate, the ill feelings. Thank you, Lord, that you have taken out our destruction, our destroying ourselves, inability to love ourselves and love others. We have ability today, and we thank you for that. Thank you, God, for making us your children. Good morning, Father. We are your children. We're ready, fully clothed and bushy tail and smiling teeth, all dressed up, ready for your love, Lord, ready for your mercy. Thank you for today is the first day of spring, and we're ready and smelling good and ready to spring up and enjoy this day. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm glad. You're glad. We will ourselves to rejoice. We will to give thanks to the Lord. For he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you so much for coming today. This is a celebration of the Lord's passion commencement. First day of spring, I believe. I'm taking my notes from... uh, a book I found in a thrift center. You know, I go to thrift centers when I was extremely uh, making investments and I was broke. For my entertainment, I would go to thrift stores and buy books. And this one, I like the title, it said Breaking Bread. I picked it up in 2008 and I really picked it up for the hymns to help me sing hymns to, to, so I will not forget the hymns. And I just re- realized that they have an incredible amount of, of uh, good good uh, readings, you know, prayers and, and scripture and, and get us to the next level of spirituality, you know. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm sold. So I pray that you'll be sold too. So let's go ahead and start with communion, please. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Thank you for your word that became alive and walked with us and talked with us. Thank you, Father, for the people that have preserved your word and their generations and their families. Thank you for all the praying presses and all the people that have prayed for your word. And Jesus Christ himself prayed for your word. He said, if you have my word, you'll be free indeed. So, Lord, we thank you for the name Jesus Christ. That's a word. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, work to enter into the kingdom of God. Work to know God. So we're working, Lord. We are putting our effort in there to know you as Father. So let's go ahead and we take the bread of life, which represents the body of Jesus Christ, and we take it 
and receive the body of Jesus. Let's go ahead and partake of the body of Christ. And Jesus took the cup and said, This is my blood shed for you for the cleansing, remission, repentance of sins. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Lord, forgive me for anything that that is not of you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you cleanse me and, and search my body, my mind, and my soul. Any thought, anything that ill feelings, Lord, has cleansed me. That I may thank you for the blood that cleanses us and restores us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blood that heals us and makes us laugh again. Thank you for the joy that's in the blood. Thank you for the wisdom, the sanctification, the redemption. Thank you, Lord, for your righteousness that we have taken. We take the cup of righteousness, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and take partake of the blood of Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In the day of our trouble, we will call upon thee, for the Lord will answer us. Psalms 86.7 Holy, holy, holy is the blood of Jesus. Holy, holy is the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanses us and restores us and makes us bright and wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Our reading today with a prayer, and and we've done that, and our communion. So let's go ahead. The first reading for today is out of the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 13, around there. See my servant. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted. Even as many were amazed at him, so marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of men. So shall he startle many nations. Because of him, kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who will believe that what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him. No appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people. A man of suffering accustomed to infirmity. One of those from whom people hide their faces, spurn, and we held him in no esteem. Yet, it was our infirmities that he bore, our suffering that he endured, while we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. 
We have all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before the shearers, he was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny? When he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sins of his people, a grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. Though he had done no wrong, nor spoken any falsehood, but the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore, I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked, and he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses." The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, saith the Lord. A reading from Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Into your hands I commence my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. For all my foes, I am an object of reproach, uh, a laughing stock to my neighbors, and a dread to my friends. They who see me abroad flee from me. I am forgotten like an unremembered dead. I am like a dish that is broken. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God, in your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Take courage and be stout-hearted, all you who hope in the Lord. A second reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, He offered prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son, though he was a son, he learned obedience 
from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal life to all who obeyed him. The word of the Lord. Everyone say, thanks be to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Can you say that with me, please? Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. We remember Christ who became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God has greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. Philippians chapter 2. Amen. And we, in turn, obey the Lord by taking communion as often as we gather together and we pray for one another as we often. We are obedient in prayer. We are obedient in reading the word of God. We are obedient in singing songs and giving him thanks to things, especially that we don't understand why we have to be going through it. Or where is God? Or why do I have this sickness? We are obedient to praise him and to thank him and ask Jesus, Jesus, grant me your wisdom. Jesus, grant me your righteousness. Jesus, grant me your sanctification. And Jesus, grant me your redemption. All these four benefits. If I'm trying to be my own, say, say for instance, uh, I'm, I'm suffering for my children because I'm suffering for the past sins I've done or I'm paying a price, then you haven't got the, you haven't asked Jesus for his sanctification. You haven't labored to enter in to those, in those words. I believe it's in Colossians that says that Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our righteousness. That's the fruit of what Jesus done on the cross. He is our righteousness. He has paid the sins for all our sins. We, you're on the, we are on the wrong side of the fence when we're trying to be our own Savior. we got to work to receive the righteousness of God. And how do we do that? You say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the wisdom of Jesus Christ. Okay, As bold and as strong as that says, you say it till it comes down from heaven and an angel brings it to you. It may take you years. It may take you months. But an angel will come and rest and give you that sanctification that you need. I am the sanctification of Jesus Christ. I am the redeem of the Lord. Let us say so. Now that one is easy because we sing that one all the time. I am the redeem of the Lord. I say so. I am the sanctification of Jesus Christ, and I say so. I am the wisdom of Jesus Christ, and I say so. I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and I say so. I am being obedient, and if these words don't want to go down inside you, that's the medicine, folks. That's the reason you should write it down, put it in the wall, and get the trumpet and the tambourine, and work it into the realm of the Spirit where you'll, rec you'll receive the anointing of those words 
will go up into heaven and come back. Now remember, Satan is going to try to keep you with discouragement. He's going to try to give you forget it to forget it and say you're going into uh, wrong territory. As a warrior, I commence you. Keep going. Your redemption draw it nigh. Amen. That's a promise from God. We live by the promises and every word that preceded Adam of God, don't we? Isn't that what the Word of God says? Let's go ahead and close with the Our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up this countenance and bless you every day this week until we see you next Sunday. May the Lord smile on you and encourage you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Our Mass has ended. Go in peace. Greet one another with a holy kindness.